The following audio drama is rated NC-17 for no can do if you're 17, 18, or even 21 in some states or younger. In other words, the producers of this show didn't want to be burdened with things like morality or clothes. Hi there. This is Colin DeGraff, the creative director of Cold Open Stories, and you're about to listen to a small snippet from our science fantasy adventure story, A Cog in Crimson, in which the members of the Fort Pilgrimage try to make their way back to the Holy Land of Mars. We really hope you enjoy, and thank you for listening. Blizzard holds our target captive, wrapping the starship in icy chains. It's been here for ages, a prisoner to the frozen wastes. Hidden by endless storms, it has gone unnoticed for generations. Until now. It's freezing. Hurry the hell up. In a minute, Gab. Excuse me? I I said I'm going as fast as I can, sweetheart. It's called a girding bird. Swoop in, grab a high-value asset, and get out before anyone notices. Luke and Gab are a pair of runners I met a few years back. We know each other well enough to get the job done before we trip any failsafes. Still, we need to work fast. I can't feel my hands. Theolin, how long do you think? Let's do three minutes, tops. Our clients are typically Imperial agents, governors or lords that lost something valuable. This time, it's a private buyer, and that means it's an off-the-book hunt. Antiquities, alien bones, archaic tech, anything that can fetch a high price in an age of scarcity. Bait wires offline. It'll be a clean sweep. How long do you think the ship's been trapped here? Remote logs say 60 or 70 years. Looks like nobody heard it. Yeah, no vitals coming up. It's getting harder to find treasures like these since the opening of the warp scar. When it opened, our sector got cut off in a no-man's land. What's left now is roaming warbands and alien incursions. Prybars! Luke and Gab pull out their T-handles. Prybars with hooks on one end. Open and reveal the path into the ship's bridge. The stench of death and stale oils rush out to greet us. Well, yeah, definitely no vitals. Grave robbery has a definite odor. Nice of them to bring their rations and supplies up here. How can you even be hungry right now? Can't you smell that? Cybernetic corpses. Half men, half machines, all dead and wrapped in red ceremonial robes. They're immediately recognizable. Cultists of the Adeptus Mechanicus, worshippers of a machine god. Ah, but Bionics look salvageable. Jackpot! Gabrielle walks over to a skeleton lying on the floor next to the command manifold. She turns her T-bar under its jaw, 
puncturing bone and steel, and she pries it from the spine of the corpse. Wires and piping stretch and snap with it. What do you think? Are the fillings or filament worth more? Got another two over here. Let's make it quick. It's ghoulish. Told you the past to survive the present. I cross the room and take note of a corpse in the command chair. Tubes from its carapace feed into a metal mask and it sits still, slouched forward in its departed glory. Its bionic eyes have long since gone dark, but even in death it has an aura of supremacy. My eyes look into its cold implants and I see my reflection. It watches us, plundering its spoils. Um, guys? The bird is detecting long-range movement. I thought you turned the distress off. I did. Checking set. Oh, shit. Oh, no, no, no. It's something topside on the tundra. It is making a lot of noise. I'll go start the bird. We'll come back, right? Gab races for the door, and Luke and I scramble to pick up a few more monofilaments from the door panels. I'm one foot out the door when I stop and look back at the tech priest in the chair. Theo! I dart back to the corpse and pull its ropes back to the side of a tangled mess of bone and metal. Around its hip is a holster. I unclasp the leather and pull out the sidearm by the grip. It's wood, with brass banded etching and silver plating. An antique pistol. Bird sensor picking up a clear visual. How many? Four. Two hovers, two dropships. Can't tell capacity yet for- Jammed. Time's up. Lookout is at the door and I sprint after him through Daryl Craft. They managed to get so close before we picked them up. Oh, the, the Imperial Navy doesn't even know that we're here. Sector is stripped of resources. They're probably just as desperate as our buyer. He squeezes through the bulkheads and I'm almost on when... Luke! Open the door! Luke, what are you doing?! Apologies, Theo. Easy to split the spoils two ways. I don't have time for this backstabbing bullshit! Well, just, uh, think of it this way. You, you did still owe his wedding gift. Best of luck, Theo. Luke! Open the damn door! Luke! You piece of shit! My blood is boiling. I choke down the rage and think, 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 think. The gun. I pull out the handle and aim for the door's latch. I click the trigger. It still works. Blinding white fire sears through the door, freeing the jammed bar on the other side. I bend the melting door open and push my way through. I race up to the outer shell. Lookout is long gone. Three doors to the top. Two. One. Salutations, pirate. Cyborg soldiers dressed to kill. I spot Lukat. What's left of him? His body smolders with smoke, fried to hell from their arc rifles. A few more yards away, I spot Gab reduced to char as well. Relinquish the pistol and your ball. I ignore him. Look for weak points. The red cloaks hide their frames, but I can see metal prosthetic arm and legs. Just worn armor and carbines that pulsate with an icy blue that makes me nauseous from here. I'm a rogue traitor! Your self-designation hardly matters, pirate. You're stealing from a damaged third-degree relic. Oh, is this one of yours? 
Look, I'm willing to split the contents! You've treasures won't save you. Maybe not. But I guarantee this one can put a big enough hole in your head! They lift the rifles and I snap the antique pistol up at the Alpha. Carefree or careless? Which are you? A hooded figure emerges from a blizzard. Their spine is arched forward, bent under the weight of a steel carapace. As they approach through the blowing snow, they straighten to a regal grandeur. You don't know what you hold. A phosphor serpenta is an exotic weapon, even for a thief. It's a woman. Priestess, caution. Listen to your tin man, lady. I'm a rogue trader. A rogue trader would be able to present his warrant of trade. Where is yours? She's got me. As she drifts closer, I can hear small pistons click and adjust beneath her red cloak. Her metal palms rise to grip the edges of her hood. She pulls it back and reveals a surprisingly human face. Beautiful, even. You'd rather steal than build, even in these sepulchral times. Oh, that's the mark of a weak imagination. And there it is. Her face contorts into a smug, arrogant expression. That look. It pushes all my buttons. And my vision goes red. Maybe your ears weren't working, witch! I fire off the hip and dodge back behind the ship's hull. With Shikatari, I leap in the way and take the blasts to the chest. They move like puppets on strings. Only way to stop them kill the Puppet Master. We exchange shots. Another torrent of snow blasts our field of fire, and I begin racing wide, heading for my dropship. I'm a few meters from the open bulkhead when... I fold over and start convulsing as the world is kicked out from under me. Pain is racing from my abdomen, and I look down. The snow is stained red. And... Then my right leg isn't where it's supposed to be. The woman bends down to me while I'm spasming in pain. She plucks the antique pistol from the snow and places her metal finger on my forehead. You bet! You are now my property. Hearing is the first thing to return. I hear the crackling of binary and realize I'm not alone. Hello? Are you. Are you talking? Hooded figures blur into view. Their faces are a soup of ocular sensors and lenses that spin and chitter. Hey, hey! Listen to me, you pieces of- I fumble off a gurney with tubing and wires tangled around my thigh. I'm nude, save for a medical tarp. What did they do to me? I- my leg. I steady myself and look down. 
Dozens of pins and wires lead under the tarp. I pull it down slowly and see them weaving under the skin, my leg replaced with a metal prosthetic. What did that witch do to me? Hello? Hello? Talk to me! I grip the gurney and struggle to stand. Leaning onto it is like trying to describe how it feels to drink liquor to someone without a tongue. My skull is on fire. My head. Why is my head so hot? Awaken freely and unafraid, failing Alamir. A woman from before. I am Eronia Bosch, tech priestess Domino of the Fort Pilgrimage. She emerges from the shadows with her soldiers in line. Why isn't he lobotomized under Para? The priestess didn't want a servitor. Tell me, Theolin, have you ever held a holy text? Uh, twice? What did you think? I never read them. I was smuggling them. Words are important. They give us a link to our great past. They grant us knowledge. I look around the congregation. Each tech priest and Skitarii have traded away pieces of their humanity. Steel limbs, manipulator arms, jaws replaced with copper tubing, all clad in crimson robes. Ronomia is the least augmented of the group, at least on the outside. Looking closer at her face, the whites of her eyes have been replaced with black orbs that spiral and pulse with orange irises. Her skin has a glossiness. It's synthetic. A plastic mold? A death shroud? Was it what she looked like before all this, or is it an avatar of how she wants to be seen? Why didn't you kill me? A pirate is a terrible thing to waste in these precarious times. You'll never know when you'll need their... skills. She flashes an innocent smile and approaches with the aid of her oversized axe. The muscles in my knee cringe as it comes closer. Creative minds are a much-needed asset. We are, after all, headed for our holy land. Addition. The land of the crimson sunrise. The ring of iron. Font of the machine god. The forge world. Of Mars. There's... There's no way. The warp scar has cut us off. And we seek passage. But the storm's on the way. She leans in close and stares me down with confidence. I can smell her perfume. A mix of oils and fragrances. She has more conviction than anyone I've ever met. Until you die, you belong to me, Thalen Alamere. Will you serve kindly? I sheepishly nod. From here on out, you are one of my helmsmen. Welcome to the Fort Pilgrimage. Hi, everyone. 
Thank you so much for listening to this production of A Cog in Crimson. This fan-made audio drama is part of a anthology series put on by Cold Open Stories, and it's our first serialized arc. What we're doing could be called community theater set in the 41st millennium. Each month or so, we write a script and then you, the listener, audition to play the parts. It's a great way to build community and share stories worth telling. Now, all levels of experience are welcomed, and these are fan productions. So whether you're a writer, an actor, or an unlucky pirate on the other edge of space, you can check us out on coldopenstories.com or on social media for the latest casting call. A Cog in Crimson was written, directed, and produced by Colin DeGraff, with music composed by Robert Renato Hack. This episode starred Stuart Moyer, Bonnie Bogovich, Robert Hughes, Richie Amons, Tara Burke, Philip Sacramento, Brianna McDowell, and Shay Shell. Now, I'll let you go with one more thing. You know, Patreon, we don't have one, and we don't want one. The best way you can help us isn't by donating, but by sharing our stories in your network. Without a cast, none of this is possible. So please, spread the signal and consider auditioning or writing for our next story. <laughs>